do it on the left hand get this video talk. Hello and welcome back to part three of this week's epic trilogy of the Too Much Time On Our Hands podcast. Alright, so we're going to get straight into part three, which I've already mentioned, but we're going to carry on because I've done this several times now. Um, <laughs> so the part three is my one, which is all about reviews. Um, just in general reviews, whether we listen to them, whether there's any we do listen to whether there's ones we listen to more than others any reviewers we actually like and more most importantly from this i wanted to see if there's ever been a time when a review has actually put anyone off buying a game playing a game watching a film buying an album anything really i think no holds barred just reviews in general whether we listen to them or not basically uh, i brought this up because uh, batman versus superman's recently come out and i have been down on that film since i saw the first trailer which looked utter shit and then I saw the second trailer which also looked shit um, and then the mixed reviews have just made me say at some point I have to start taking my own advice and say if I don't want another shit version of this film to come mm. out I have to stop going to giving them £15 because I'll want to go see it in the IMAX even though it's not meant to be very good um, giving them my £15 which I could spend on something else something I would actually more or certainly enjoy now that that comes under a certain amount of criticism because um, you are society says that you should make your own opinions on these things, but but I've spent fifteen pounds then on a film that I don't actually want to see. So I have said I'm going to listen to the reviews, and when it comes into a sale on DVD, I'll watch the film. So when it's a lot cheaper, so this is the first time I think I've ever done that, rather than just blindly go along to a film and then realise it's not very good. Mm. But I think the key point in that is you said you'd already had an opinion on it before the reviews came out. Yes. So you'd already seen the trailer and said, this doesn't look very good. The previews, you just doesn't But if look the reviews have been good. Yeah, I might have swung it for you. Yeah. But at the same time, that my point is that you didn't just think, I'm so hyped about this film, I really want to see this film. No, that's true. Oh, IGN says it's shit, I'm not going to go see it. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that's the right way to go about it. I think some people do put way too much emphasis on reviews. Yeah. And they, you know, live and die by um, scores. And, you know, that... that It's it's a funny thing. Like, I, I was... Uh, I'm glad you brought this up, actually, because I was, I was thinking about this recently, where... Um, um, uh, Sakurai, um, the guy who made the Smash games, or mm. the most recent Smash games... He was talking about the fact that it's um, easier to make a game now that gets good scores with less content in it. So the mm. less things you have in your game, the less things there are to criticise about Because people it. are so desperate to get it up and people are so desperate to I get think, it read. Or... No, I think it's just the, just the pure concept of if you've got a, just a very simple, straightforward game that does mm. everything it does well, Yeah, he said... It, it puts off people from um, making games and trying things and having things that don't necessarily like, could be like optional or mm. it could be um, side, you know, off to the side of the game. So they're just in there as extras, just yeah. to bump it up. But it gives something review um, reviewers to criticise mm. and therefore lower the score. And so, even though they're added extras in a way, do you know what I mean? Hmm. It's interesting actually because. We sort of briefly, Dan and I, when we drove over, 
<clears throat> well, we say we drove over when Dan was giving me a lift from my house to his house, and then he's going to be giving me a lift home from his house to my house oh, <laughs> later yeah. on. Um, we were—I I brought up zero punctuation, uh, the reviews in inverted commas, uh, but not—I'm not saying reviews in inverted commas mm. in a disparaging way because even I think Yahtzee himself would uh, has admitted on many times he's not a necessarily a games reviewer in the most honest sense he's a critic mm. he's a game critic mm-hmm. and his reviews are critical of the games but even he is willing to admit when a game is good when a yeah. game is good but still point out the flaws in it because i think there should be someone who kind of holds games to a to that sort of standard and kind of goes well yeah it may be good but it still yeah. it still has this bollocks in it it still has that bollocks in it it still has all this kind of stuff it evokes this emotion in me and all that kind mm. of stuff you know, the, one of the only games that I can really remember him reviewing positively was uh, was Portal, which I think is probably one of the only games he's ever reviewed that was entirely glowing. Mm. But, I, I, he really likes Spec Ops as well. He likes Spec Ops The Line, but mm. it, still, it still came under criticism. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Portal was, uh, you know, he said, Portal's great from start to finish and anyone who doesn't agree with me must be stupid. Mm. Um, you know, it was unexpectedly good, and I think that's the that's the point. You know, he, I think it was kind of almost as if he'd kind of played it and kind of gone, "Oh my god!" You know, I'm actually playing a game here where I can't think of anything funny or rude or anything to say about it. Mm. Um, and that's what I like about it is, that, you know, zero punctuation may not necessarily act as a sort of a place where you go to to find out whether you should play a game. It go You go to watch that because it's funny, because he points out all the tropes and all the stuff that yeah. obviously gets overused and things like that. The stuff you know about games. At the end of the day, if you re-review for a Call of Duty game, mm. the ones that are coming out nowadays, you know for a fact that they're going to say the same old thing. It's the same sort of campaign over and over again. It's got some high points, it's got some low points. The multiplayer is kind of where everyone's going to get caught up in mm. the end. and stuff. You know what I mean? Reviews for that sort of stuff doesn't really matter. To be honest, the thing for me is the other side of the coin, so to speak, um, in the sense that the reviews for Prometheus, a film that we've spoken about Mm. on the podcast before and one that I really, really like, the reviews were iffy Mm. for it, but it didn't stop me wanting to go and see it. No. No, definitely not. Whereas if the films were good, uh, sorry, if the reviews were good, I probably would have been even more hyped for it I would have yeah. been like oh my god I, could really, I just this, can't this wait this film's amazing yeah, yeah, then, yeah. this is going to be incredible great, yeah. and I probably would have enjoyed it just the same I mm. probably would have got the same out of it and stuff like that I don't know um, <clears throat> so I think it's more about what, what you want to do because you know I read the reviews for Age of Ultron the, the, the second Avengers film before it came out mm. and a lot of people kind of said it was you know it was good but it doesn't quite capture the same kind of yeah. spirit as the first Avengers film but it didn't make me want to go and see it any less yeah, exactly. I just thought I, want to, I still want to see it. I still want to see how this goes. I still want to see more Iron Man. I still want to see more Captain America. I still want to see the Scarlet Witch and Quick Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah, but um, that's, yeah, that's based on the fact that they've established those characters through endless amount of films, and you know, I think we're pretty divided on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But we we kind of know what we're getting from that. What I'd seen of Batman vs Superman was two really shitty trailers. Yeah. With where one of the trailers, Batman turns to Superman and goes, "I thought she was with you," and then Superman turns to Batman and goes, "I thought she was with you." Just and at that point, I just realised I I have no desire to see this film. I have no drive to see this film, but 
if the reviews are good, if everyone comes out saying, this film's actually really good, go see it, um, then I'll go see it. Because you might have been sitting there thinking, well, whoever cut the trailers was just just was yeah, on did a really shit five. job, and yeah. someone <laughs> should get fired for that. Yeah, but but that hasn't happened. So as a result, I've, I suppose I've listened to the reviews. Mm. It's funny. I've got no interest in seeing that film. Me neither. At all. Absolutely zero interest. And to be quite honest, I, love... I didn't really have too much interest to see it when it was first announced. It was mm. a bit like, well, I like Batman, but I've never really been a big fan of Superman. Like. I know, even when Terry Hatcher was <laughs> Lois Lane in, in you know, uh, Lois and Superman, you know, Dean Kane was Superman and stuff, you know, I didn't really... I mean, this is stuff of dreams for me. Batman vs Superman should have been a, a film that I, I should have been excited about, but... It was the one that was going to kick off the Justice League... Yeah, and it still is. DC film. Because it still made a billion dollars. But again, see, this goes back to what Sean was saying yeah. uh, in a previous podcast about uh, things like Indy 5... Yeah, you know, Indiana Jones. Yeah, five. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know um, that we should we should speak with our wallets, which is what and I'm not just yeah. go and see something because it's come out. We should we should genuinely make a choice and kind of go. Mm. Do you know what we don't? I if I don't want to go and see this film, I don't. But people mm. got hyped up about it and they went to go and see it anyway. And the majority of people that I've spoken to after having seen it, um, uh, my brother-in-law, mm. he said. Not bad. Exactly. Not bad. But, but that's not what you want from something like that. That's the nail on the head. This is Batman versus Superman. You want this film to be incredible. It's the two biggest the heroes. The you expect from it is a rip-roaring... Yeah. It's yeah. The, the two biggest superheroes that DC have. Mm. And they're essentially fighting. And, and everything I've heard is the action looks really good. Yeah. Ben Affleck's done a good job as Batman. Gal Gadot is good as Wonder Woman. The plot is non-existent. Mm. The reason they start fighting is terrible, and the reason they stop fighting is terrible. And Lex Luthor is the one of the worst acted characters they've seen in a film in a very long time. Yeah, funny. My brother-in-law actually said to me, he said um, uh, about the Lex Luthor character. Mm. He said it's not so much that he's annoying; mm. it's just that Jesse Eisenberg is trying too much to make Lex Luthor a kind of well. Sadly, Heath Ledger mm. did such a good job at Joker that yeah. people think that that's the sort of, you know, the twitchy kind of, like, um, I wouldn't know what to do with it if I've caught it. You know, like, this sort of thing, you know. That's, that's, you know, just really irritating. But it's, like, it's, it's like after the first Batman film comes out, when Batman Forever comes out, you've got Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey both trying to do a Jack Nicholson impression for two completely different characters. Yeah. God, that was an awful film, wasn't it? <laughs> it's the car, right? Chicks dig the car. Um, but... <laughs> that's an instance where reviews have affected me going to see something now reviews haven't affected something like The Division which is a game I am thoroughly enjoying at the moment mm. um, everything every game I play at the moment that's not The Division is just me whiling away time before someone I know comes online so I can play The Division with them mm. because it's so much fun to play with someone else um, and just running around New York and just you know, killing bad guys. But the reviews said that the um, the people that hand out and dish out the missions yeah. in Division are so badly written and so one-dimensional in, in their nature that it, yeah. actually, it actually jars against the whole bleakness of the New York that you're in. Yes. So you suddenly find yourself in front of some wacky person dishing out a mission for yeah, you, that's, and then that's suddenly you're back into the bleak, cold... You know, and it, it feels a bit jarring. But I, I feel it's, it's an attempt at levity in a really dark 
bleak situation. But like the gratuitous sex scenes we've seen, yes, uh, we've been, been speaking about yeah. stuff like that. If you take those people out and you just had kind of you know gruff people dishing out your orders in the division, mm. would you miss the levity? Because no. levity is good if it's well done, but if, yeah. it's, if it's badly done, it's like I said, it's jarring. It's just kind of like, oh, for God's sake, don't... You know, there's people dying from a virus out yeah, there, exactly. you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, why are, we, why are we making jokes, being wacky? It's it's out of... It's out of character, isn't it, I suppose? It's so, the division... <laughs> sorry, man. From what I gather, it's That's like, just my review. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, an online cooperative multiplayer thing, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's as online as you want to make it. Almost like an MMO, but... For like a third-person shooter, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I guess the thing with something like that is, it, games like that can be what you make it, because if you have good friends that you enjoy playing, yeah, yeah. you can make fun out of anything, yeah, you know. But what so if you're a friendless misanthrope? Well, exactly. This is where reviews do have quite an important role, I think, because I mean, a single-player campaign is what it is, mm. and you might spend, I don't know, some games are like. Xenoblade Chronicles X took 100 hours to complete mm. that game. Jeez. Had the reviews have said, had, had all the reviews, not all, but like the vast majority of reviews said that game is bad, there's no way I would have put that much time into it. Mm. Or any time, I probably wouldn't have bought it. If mm. all the reviews came out were like, this is like a, you know, 50, uh, 50% game, you know, like 5 out of 10, I would never have, like, I would never have picked it up. So I definitely do get affected by games because ultimately it's your time. Yeah. More than money, I'd say. I don't yeah, yeah. care so much about the money. Do you know what? I wish I could make an argument this compelling because I read all the reviews of Halo 5 before I played it. I didn't play Halo 5 for months after it was released. And I knew everyone had been slagging it off. I knew that everyone had been saying that the uh, campaign was bad. And it is. Yeah, it's it terrible. is. It's, it's, it's awful. I don't know what 343 Industries were thinking because it's terrible. You, you but I played it anyway. Yeah. Because of franchise loyalty. I lost interest with the Call of Duty stuff because I, I couldn't give a shit. I played Black Ops 2 about halfway through the campaign before I just gave up on it. I was just yeah. like, you know, I can't be bothered with this But they, they don't have a character as compelling as Master Chief. You know, Master Chief is, is someone that you, you've played with through the years and you've seen... But you don't, you, don't you, get, you get to play him for like three missions. And that's one of the problems with Halo 5, yeah. It's two awful. missions. Spartan, Spartan yeah. Lock... They've missed the point. Yeah. Master Chief was always someone that we inhabited. Yeah. So the fact that he didn't speak so much was a good thing. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, when he, when he said something, it was usually the thing that you'd say at that point. Yeah. But, but it was never, it never outstays welcome. The point they've missed is that by having another character to play who doesn't speak as much, but in, in, in a total difference, Master Chief says stupid things yeah. at the wrong time. Um, They've actually just made it worse. You just sit there going, oh, I wish I was playing Master Chief. Yeah, you spend, you spend the whole game wishing you were playing as Master Chief, which is ridiculous. I was always going to buy that game, no matter how bad the reviews were, because it's Halo. And I'm always going to buy a Halo game. And, and that's brand loyalty in the face of reviews. Um, mm, and and the sad thing is that this all collates to sales figures, mm. and sales figures dictate what games get made. Yes. Yeah. To the developers of Halo Five, they might look at that and go, "This game was a massive success." Despite the reviews, they probably don't care about the reviews because ultimately, sales figures talk. Yeah, it's like I said about movie studios; mm. they don't care 
who watches their film. No. They're going to market it to the people. That's why they, they know will show That's why up. they're still making Transformers films. Mm. Oh, they're all yeah. panned, yeah. but like, they keep making them. And do you know what's the worst thing? Is that I've seen all of them. <laughs> yes. No, you haven't. I really. have. I've seen all of them because I wanted to see, I wanted to see them purely because... And it's one of those things, isn't it? Is that actually sometimes reviews matter. Sometimes yeah. reviews do. And there, there have been a few games like... I would never have played Dishonored yeah. on the on the uh, on the PC or the Xbox if I hadn't read the review in PC Gamer that said this is well worth your time mm-hmm. because it's really good fun and I like the look of the screenshots and stuff and I, I, I when I bought it I, I played through it and I was seeing things that the reviewers had seen and said were good about mm-hmm. it and I was thinking they were absolutely bang on with this I'm having a great time this is really uh, really involving game I feel like part of the universe. Yeah. Um, you know, and and um, Deus Ex, the original Deus yeah. Ex, I would never have played that had it not been for the reviews it got. I'd never have played System Shock 2 had mm. it not been for the glowing review that PC mm. Gamer and PC Zone gave it at the time. Um, because I'd played System Shock 1 and I'd found it really boring. But they said System Shock 2 is, is game horror done really well. And mm. it's really, really good and well worth your time. It's a masterpiece. I would never have played Half-Life 2 mm. without the reviews because I just wasn't as excited about the prospect of playing Half-Life 2 after playing Half-Life 1 because I genuinely thought, how on earth are they going to beat this? They're not going to be able to. Half-Life 1 is brilliant. And then when I read the reviews and they said, this is brilliant, you, everyone has to play this game, mm. I played it and I thought it was phenomenal. Mm. You know, so there have been ma- many instances where a review has tipped yeah. my, my, well, there my s- balance. There are certain games that just... <clears throat> across the board and get labelled as a masterpiece and mm. then you can't help but be mm. sucked into that and just think I've got to play it you know mm. you have to play it yeah Mass Effect was another one the very yeah. first Mass Effect game I bought that solely on the reviews people just said this is a great sci-fi romp and it's a really good RPG and you know they weren't wrong it's a little bit fiddly and overcomplicated but same with Crackdown yeah like a really good game yeah, Crackdown's a great game. But um, it, it seems to be more positive, doesn't it? It seems to be like we're actually looking for these good reviews. We, we look at these things and hope that something's going to be good. So mm. that means we go and... And sometimes, because I think you want to see good reviews, mm. because, because you want to see something so much. Yeah. Like you, probably, with, with um, Batman vs Superman there's probably part of you that really wanted it to be really good. Yeah, but there was another part of me that wanted it to be bad because everything I'd seen was so bad and it made me angry that I felt they were getting away with it. It's funny because you you might watch it and actually think it's not bad. Well, yeah, because it's like um, Battleship. You know, the, the awful, awful film that was just absolutely panned and I watched it because all the reviews were terrible and I watched it and I thought it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be it's still bad don't get me wrong but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be because everyone else has told me that this is one of the worst films ever I mean for me it's like Coldplay's latest album um (laughs) (laughs) so straight face um there was part of me that kind of wanted them to have an album that people kind of criticised because they they've gotten away with with getting really good reviews just because they, they get really good reviews yeah. like you know all the way over and over and over and their latest album people have kind of gone eh, it sort of sounds a bit like the last one 
because hmm. they've actually sort of managed to change their sound every every kind of thing. I was yeah. kind of glad to see some bad reviews and people saying it's a bit vacuous. Yeah. I was also quite glad, I've got to say, there was that band we supported a while, ages ago, the guys that, um, the Irish guys, do you remember them? Yeah, yeah. Um, Chakras. Yeah. Their album, it got good reviews. Yeah. And I was thrilled to see good reviews because I was thinking, oh, I'm so glad we supported a good band. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame, though, that they broke up and... Are they? I, I, I they, they haven't been asked to make a second album. <laughs> so I assume that something went wrong. <laughs> That's the fickle nature of indie music, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They can be the darlings one minute and then you're just like toilet trash after that. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that sticky stuff. <laughs> things I don't get is when people you read a review and you see the comments underneath the review yeah it's just like <laughs> fuck you, you fuck your me. opinion is invalid you prick <laughs> it's just so this is one guy who's played through the game and a lot of the people comments going haven't played through the game for starters mm. and they are criticising the one guy's opinion who and he's, he's probably spent what upwards of 20 30 hours mm. writing this review mm. of this game uh, and he's put in what he believes is how he feels about the game mm-hmm. and some little <clears throat> divot we should say some prick uh, underneath has decided they're going to completely try and invalidate this guy's opinion on a game sometimes I do get that though because I've read mm. some fucking atrocious reviews where people have either missed the point completely and unfairly criticise yeah. something because they themselves just didn't get it. But if, if they've missed the point, that makes sense. Yeah. That sounds like the and Guardian game reviews. They seem oh, to really? miss the point all the time. And that really pisses me off when when you read a review and you just like... Where they level a, a criticism or something. Like, for me, a good example is there's... Um, do you remember... Uh, what, Zombie U? Mm. The Ubisoft game that was recently re-released. Yeah, yeah. At the time... It got some absolutely appalling reviews. It got some good reviews. I find Eurogamer is like an amazing source of game reviewers. Yeah. They always fucking just get it. And it, they give just a really good, decent, long articles. A terrible fucking game review site is GameSpot. Oh, GameSpot yes. are like... They seem to... Their whole business model, what I'm sure, is to get the lowest Metacritic score hmm. of a game so that people click it and get angry and write comments. Because yeah. they, I've seen some of their reviews of games where they're given. Um, I can't remember some examples now. I think oh, Codename Steam was one of the games I mm. talked about, and they gave it like four out of ten. And there is no fucking way that game is a four out of ten. It's like I can totally get people saying this is a, a seven out of ten game, mm. even a six out of ten mm. game at a push. Fine, but other people will say it's a nine out of ten game, eight, whatever. But the point is, they they always fucking lowball it to make. I'm sure they do it to just piss people off. Yeah, and just so they get that clickbait, so they get shared, so they get mm. likes, and it really pisses me off because it's it's going to affect sales. Some people yeah, yeah. will read that review, or do, people don't even read the reviews. I think I think people look at the scores. That's the I think this is why I like Eurogamer. Eurogamer don't have scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have a one to ten, one to five. Eight. They have um, essential, which is the best games, like the absolute top tier. Then they have recommended, which is you will like this game. If you if you like the sound of this game, then you will like this game. Then I think they just leave it for the tech stuff. They don't have like, a, and then maybe um, I can't remember if they have anything below that really. Like I think they just leave it blank. But it's just 
it's a, it's a review method that encourages you to read through it and read yeah, yeah. into it and say, okay, he's saying the controls are this. So, like in the example of Zombie U, okay, you play it's in a zombie apocalypse game, right? Mm. It's set in London. You are a survivor. You wake up in this. Um, you manage to escape into this bunker, okay? But you are Joe Blocks, yeah, or Joe Smith, what? And literally, like, there is no um, main protagonist in that game, okay? Mm. You you wake up, it gives you a randomly generated character. So you can be male, female, yeah. black, white, young, old, whatever. It tells you your name and what you were prior to the zombie thing. So you yeah. might be Joe Smith and you, were, you worked in IT support. You are not an uber badass... Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Master Chief or yeah. Marcus Phoenix, okay? So every zombie in that game is fucking terrifying because it can kill you. Mm. It yeah. le- legit, every zombie is a serious fucking threat. You are at the start of the game, you're armed with nothing actually, but you, have a, you pretty quickly get a cricket bat. Mm. You know, nice sort of homage to Sean of the Dead. Mm. But beating to death a zombie with a cricket bat, it's not like Dead Rising. You don't run around and you're just like mowing fucking zombies mm. down left, right and centre. They come at you, it's dimly lit. You're standing there holding the cricket bat, you've got to time it. You've got to fucking like time it just right so it clips him on the head and knocks him away. You've got to push away button if the thing like gets too close to you. But it's difficult, it's clunky, it's like, it's claustrophobic. You're not fast, you don't get to it's move intentionally around. like that. The point is, but it's a game design choice. They've yeah. done it on purpose. It's like I was saying with this uh, codename Steam as mm. well. The, the fact that you don't have a, a map to tell you all of the enemy placements. You don't know what's around that corner. It's not a game flaw, it's a, it's a design choice. And what pisses me off is some reviewers, like GameSpot, will miss the fucking point and they'll say, ooh, the controls are stiff and clunky or mm. there's no overhead map so I can't see the thing. It's like, you've missed the fucking point. You know, and you're, you, you have a responsibility as a game reviewer or reviewer of anything, you, your score that you give this game matters. It matters to the developers. It matters to... Um, people buying the game if, if, if you give a game a low score if someone's main site that they go to people tend to have like you know one or two sites that they mm. frequent mm. right <clears throat> that's a huge market that you've just taken away from that developer mm. and they'll be put off trying and this is this is what annoys me about it is that as I kind of said earlier with Sakurai about saying less is more in games nowadays because people are afraid to take risks mm. because they're worried the scores are so important Metacritic scores are so important that if they try and do something different if they try and you do a control uh, scheme that people don't get right away because you know like an FPS controls the same whether it's Killzone whether it's Halo whether it's Call of Duty mm. it's so easy a, mm. a, a game reviewer can play that and they just go boom okay yeah this works fine fucking 9 out of 10 good job 5 hours done the game yeah exactly a game like um, Zombie U or there's a good example Wonderful 101 which got critically panned because it had like gamepad integration and you were trying it's fiddly it is fiddly but you get used to it when you're playing the game you get good at it and you master it and you get when you get into it it's amazing but when you first start playing it it feels awkward mm. but you can't just judge it on that one thing because the point is it just it's great that they try to do something different they try mm. to make something unique <coughs> And 
it just feels like reviewers are um, stemming the creativity of developers because they're too afraid that people won't get it. And sometimes they outright applaud bad games based purely on advertising concerns. Yeah. Mm. And GameSpot is the is the website that had the criticism levelled at them that just so happens that Kane and Lynch 2 got a very high review score on GameSpot. Uh, and coinciding... And everywhere else. Conso- yeah. Coinciding in the same... Um, a uh, couple of months that Canaan Lynch 2 was being advertised on their site all over it. Mm, really? Like it was a takeover. It was a Canaan Lynch 2 takeover. Mm. Um, funny that, that it got such yeah, a good review score strange. on GameSpot, isn't it? But I mean, it was panned everywhere else for being a... One of the worst games the ever worst made. Games yeah. ever there made. is some... Um, there's a lot of kind of behind-the-scenes pandering <clears throat> um, and buttering up of game reviewers, right? Hmm. So they... We, we sometimes you get a hint of these things because YouTube channels and things, and mm. these game reviews will get sent off on weekends away. Yeah, for yeah. Um, early sort of access where they'll get to try the game. It'll be amazing. They'll put on a big spread for them. They'll get them all in the mood, and they, it's basically like four players, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, and they know it's like you seeing the reviewers sitting there thinking that was a really fucking fun weekend. Mm. If I slam this game, that developer's going to be really pissed at me, and they're not going to. Invite me to the next one. Potentially, but then to be honest, I mean, PC Gamer is mm. a, is what I would hold up as a as an example of a magazine that does pretty balanced reviews, mm. um, and they do very balanced previews as well. They're not they're not afraid. They, they don't sort of go, well, we played it and it might not necessarily have been as what we expected, but you know, high hopes for the game. Hey, let's go. You know, when they were previewing Colonial Marines, mm. you read. I mean, I've I've I, I've got. You know, I buy PC Gamer every month, and um, I, you know, I've got stacks of them, and I like to go back mm. and read previews. And the previews of Colonial Marines start with very hopeful kind of. My God, the first time they saw, you know, people saw Colonial Marines, it was when it was in its first incarnation, yeah. when it was a proper, you know, first-person cooperative, sealing yourself into rooms to try and get away from the alien threat and stuff like that. It was a real kind of, you know, you could tell it was a tense, pulse-pounding kind of game. But the previews that follow are, oh my god, the AI of the aliens is terrible. Um, mm. the, the, you know, and it's just the game design is terrible. The new alien types are awful. It's just, it's really, you know, it looks great, but it's just, it's not playing well at all. You know, I really hope Gearbox makes some really big decisions about what they want to do. Mm. And, you know, it was, it feels honest. You feel like mm. PC Gamer is talking to you saying, well, we've played this. And you know, it's it's not what you're ex- what you expect. Yeah. Okay. And they were one of the only publications it seems that actually sort of said the trailers they're putting out for Clone Marines may make you think it's one thing. Yeah. But the previews that we've played mm. look entirely different. And that's and not in a good way. Journalists <clears throat> should be absolutely they? Yeah, impartial. They should be. Uh, and their review of it was it was exactly the same. They said, you know, it plays well, but it, sorry, um, it it looks good, but it doesn't play well. Uh, the alien AI is literally just run at you. Yeah. There's no, it's just yeah. It was just a it was a piece of tripe. You know, they were really quite scathing about it. And at the same time, they're also you know they they do quite good retro reviews, and I like how honest they are as well. Going, you know, let's not split hairs. This game was great when mm. it first came out. Nowadays, mm. we can't review it with the same level of, oh my God, isn't it amazing? Because it's not. 
it's not good by today's standards. Yeah. It's not going to look as good by today. It doesn't play as well as games do by today's standards, but it's still fun. Mm. You know, it's still nice to own this little game. And sometimes they go, it was crap then, and they're re-releasing it, and it's crap now. You know, it's even yeah. crapper because of because of the time has passed. You know, it was a product of the era. Now, I like that. I like that, like you said, like James, James journalists. Games journalists. Hi, I'm James Gurnalist. I'm a game journalist. GameSpot's top reviewer, James Gurnalist. Oh man, we've got to we've got to do some reviews yeah. on the blog from from yeah, James, James Gurnalist. That's a genius. It's idea. really nice. It's really good. Uh, we have a picture of him just holding like a PS4 controller yeah. upside down. Yeah. Oh, I imagine him gurning as well. If this, if this ever gets like, if this ever gets like, you know, sort of bigger and, yeah. and things like that, we have to have like video reviews yeah. done by, by James James Gurnalist, or, or like Dennis Pennis, like on location, <laughs> like on the like, you know, at the Game Awards. Yeah. James Gurnalist, man on the spot, just some dude. So you were talking just then about um, the difficulty in reviewing retro games hmm. because it's very difficult to give an an honest review because A, you've, you've got to take nostalgia out of the equation or yeah. try to mm. and do you judge it on its uh, merits mm. at the time or do you judge it like be brutal about it and say if this was a game released today how would I score it and it's a very difficult thing to do because you I mean you're going to piss off a lot of people say if I don't know like an old Nintendo game or something mm. comes out. Imagine if, like, the uproar, if someone was just, like, completely brutal about it and just, you know, like the graphics are crap, you know, the, the gameplay's not as good as it used to be. Yeah. And there would just be uproar. People would be furious. Yeah. I think you've got to review it. <laughs> <laughs> review it as if you're going to play that. The pe- reason people would read a game is that they're thinking about buying... Retro gaming is such a thing now that... Mm. That the reason people would, would would possibly read a review is they're thinking about buying said game, or they've seen the game. But in... as a consumer, should you go into it thinking, I know this is an old game, I have to go into it with the mindset of, this was good. Like, if you were to review, I don't know, like the original Godzilla, mm. you wouldn't like, you wouldn't say, well, the, the special, special effects, effects are terrible. terrible. <laughs> like, well, no, I'm saying, like, if you would, you wouldn't, like, criticise the special effects, or you wouldn't go into it, like, as a consumer, think, and then be really disappointed by the special effects because it's a, a 1950s film. Mm. No, but, I mean, but storyline and gameplay are never going to change. No, but that's the thing. Retro yeah. games usually hold up really well for exactly. those things because they, they tend to remain unaffected. If it was fun then, it's going to be fun now. Yeah, you you definitely can't judge it on graphics, but you can judge on things yeah. that, that make a game playable. Yeah, because so, yeah. I guess like this is the thing with... Um, SNES era games tend to age a lot better than N64 mm. games because the early 3D games tend to play like shit and look like shit. Yeah, <laughs> well, like impact by today's standards because actually, whereas like 2D games like platformers and um, side scrolling shoot marks, things like that, haven't aged a day because they're just still so much fun. They're just so tight, they just look perfect, and just there's just there's nothing to criticize. You know what it's, I mean? It's the polygons and Sprites, isn't it? That's yeah. the issue. So, like the the SNES ones were using sprites, weren't they? Like for like the yeah. yeah. So, whereas the N sixty four was the beginning of like the really blocky three D. Yeah, yeah. So like you got games like Virtual Fighter, for yeah. example, which just looked like shit. 
Yep. Golden Eye as well, by yeah. today's standards, is really blurry. And yeah. yeah, and you're wrestling with very dated controls. But back then, they felt mm. slick as anything. Mm. Exactly. We were all obsessed back then, just mm. like blown away by just anything 3D. And that's the funny thing, like looking back now, like a, a game that came out, I remember, in fact, I do remember like 2D games coming mm. out still around that era. And people being like, mm, but this the graphics are really dated because it's just 2D. Yeah. But now they're like looking back, it's like, God, those games look so much better than the 3D ones. <laughs> and it's just yeah. it's just weird that we couldn't see that. We're just like so obsessed with like the new technology. And I also don't think graphics are as important as they were, say, even two, three years ago. So like a no. game like Shovel Knight, for example, yeah. which came out fairly recently, mm-hmm. is is widely uh, reviewed incredibly well. Yeah, because it's it's a great game. It's mm-hmm. a really fun game, and but it looks obviously like a an it's a NES game. game. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it even plays like a NES game. It was game, built that way, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like it, it literally way, yeah. borrows so much yeah. from like a few different yeah NES era games, and yeah, people just love the shit out of it. Yeah, but <laughs> love the shit, love out the of shit it. out of yeah. it. Yeah, I love the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's. Going back to reviewers, is there, is there anyone... We've mentioned Zero Punctuation. He's someone I, I, I trust to to sit and watch a video of just because, A, it's funny, yeah. and B, because he does find things that I wouldn't have found myself in games. Yeah, he, but he also points out that... He, he, that's what I like about that. He points out the things that sometimes you you kind of let slide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he kind of goes, you know, he kind of goes, they're doing the same thing again, and yeah. you're just sitting there taking it, like, yeah. you know, like a cock in the face. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like, you're just literally just letting them slap you with it again and again and again. His begrudging good review of Bioshock was, well, if this game is what it takes for me to lower my standards, then I suppose that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. In fact, that review, as we yeah. said in the car, starts with him going... Uh, it's alright. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, mm, it's okay. And then goes into all the, the music. Sort of... Yeah, and then goes back. I suppose yeah. you want the full review. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, in his equivalent in my eyes of films is someone like Mark Kermode. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, who's really fun to watch. Go mm-hmm. off it. When a bad film comes out, that's the first podcast I'll listen to. Yeah. Like on my on my line of podcasts. Knowing that the Entourage film was out, I'll be like, excellent, I'll be listening to that. Because he does go off on one. Um, yeah. His review of Pain and Gain by um, Michael Bay, where he says, uh, Michael Bay isn't even fit to direct porn. He <laughs> <laughs> um, says, says everything. But he, just all his reviews are, are incredible. Mm. Like, he reviews films that I'll watch. Yeah. And, and he'll, he'll slate them. But he will make me go, oh, he has got a point there. Mm. Uh, I was a bit shit about that. But more often than not, if he recommends a film, if he says, this film is great, I'll find myself buying it from work. Yeah. So like even films like Brooklyn, which I wouldn't have any interest in, I'm, I, I, I pick it up every day, I'm at work and go, I might get this. He said it was good. Kermode said this was good. And at that point, I'm listening to someone that I, I trust in terms of reviewing films. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because you know he knows his stuff. Yeah. It's like he's well-educated on the subject. He is like, yeah. you, I think you can be yeah. an expert. Because yeah. I remember having arguments with, this about, uh, with people about this when I was younger, about mm. this idea of um, just because you like something doesn't make it good and just because you don't like something doesn't make it not good. Mm. You have to be able to, you can, you can appreciate something without enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I had 
people like swearing blinds me no no it's purely just preference you either like like it or you don't like it it's mm. as simple as that and you shouldn't listen to reviews you shouldn't do things because it's just your opinion mm. but I th- you know I think there is like an art form to being a critic and mm. to journalism in that you have to be able to see beyond yourself and not just say I thought this about this and I thought I enjoyed the game because you have to kind of deconstruct it in a way that makes sense for a wider audience but how do you write a positive review of something if you didn't enjoy it well I guess if you can honestly take a look at it and say the level design is good the graphics there's nothing wrong with the graphics but you know the the controls work fine and then you can kind of come to the conclusion if you like the look of this game if you like because maybe the thing you have to guess you have to find what you didn't like about it Mm. if you can say the level design is terrible. I think then it's it's an objectively bad game. Whereas if you just don't like, like if I was to review a game that you two probably really mm. like, I might think it's really shit. Like um, I don't know, maybe like the division, or mm. maybe I wouldn't like Mass Effect. I mean, you're trying, you're like selling it to me, obviously, because you guys love it so much, <laughs> and because you know. It's Mass Effect. It's Mass yeah. Effect, man. But I might I hate not it. like Mass Effect. Yeah. yeah. What's wrong yeah, with I you? I don't know. It's possible because my kind of thing is like I love platformers and um, RPGs. Oh really? Oh right. Yeah. You never would would guess. <laughs> what do you, do you have like a preference of like console you play no, them on? I'm extremely unbiased. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm extremely tra- unbiased tra- towards Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, you might not like the same game. Yeah, so either. that's it. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I might, and then by the same token, you might play a Nintendo games because this is shit. There's just like cutesies shitting characters everywhere that are really annoying. <laughs> cutesies shitting characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what I need in my life, though. I've gone through. I've gone through yeah. playing in games that take grittiness to you know differing levels and, yeah. and and maybe actually what I need is to play something that isn't quite so I am a, almost a born again Nintendo fan mm. like I I was a huge and Nintendo born again fan. are often the most that's why I'm probably so vitriolic to be honest <laughs> yes because they yeah they always are but I, yeah I grew up playing Nintendo games and I was always the one I, I remember getting into um, arguments at school where mm. people knew how to wind me up they just had to say the Playstation was more powerful than the N64 and they knew I'd just like go off on one like I was like it's 64 bits you know I yeah I really was but then I kind of got after the GameCube I got pretty jaded with games in general and I just kind of moved away from gaming and I'd I'd got like a, I had a PS2 as well around that era, and then um, I my next console was a 360, and I just didn't like anything on it, and I was just like mm, I just like not really anyway. There were a couple of things I liked, yeah, it, but I just didn't. I was all the sort of Gears of War, Halo, all the sort of games coming around at the time just did not appeal to me. And I just thought oh, fucking maybe just gaming is not for me anymore. Mm. And only when I went back to Nintendo, I was like holy shit, this is so much fun, mm. and now I'm just like obsessed because I just. I just like games that are just pure fun, like mm. gameplay. I, I, I don't like my games to be um, like cinematic or particularly anyway. I don't like it when they become like too much like movies, and especially like around the mid two thousand, there was like a massive shift yeah. to make games more and more and more like movies. Yeah, and I like them to be separate. 
So in, the point is that I'm making is that like your reviews have to be objective. Like yes. I couldn't review Halo and say it's shit because everything's like gloomy and grand. because I would have to say, do you know what? This the story is epic, the music's epic, the mm. graphics look really good, it controls really well. Even though I may not personally enjoy it, and I can actually say that, like I play, I've, I've, I've played the first Halo game on the original Xbox, and I didn't enjoy it. Mm. Even though, like, it, it's like a you know nine out of ten, ten out of ten game mm. across the board. Yeah, everyone else, it's um very rarely to to, to reviewers stay objective though. Mm. Like. Especially on sites like IGN, which is like a frequent, fairly regularly. Yeah. Because um, it's nice to see other people's opinions of things. And I don't. I don't. Gen- with games, I definitely don't really take it to heart. I, I. I. I'd rather, as you say, read a full review rather than do what everyone else does, or some people do. I understand, which is just scroll straight down to a score. Mm. Going, they said it's a five. I'm not buying it. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> they, they they've definitely got on their payroll people that have their favourite consoles and are certainly fanboys of games that I've played that I thought this is good but like when was it Uncharted 2 10 out of 10 it's like still just an adventure game that's fairly similar to the Tomb Raider games Mm. you know it's good it's a good game the story's great Mm. the voice acting is incredible um, but it's not doing anything that we haven't seen before it's funny, isn't it? It's like it's like all the um, all the reviews I've heard or I've read, and I've 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 also heard sort of secondhand from from mates who played, you know, The Last of Us. Mm. They all just waffle on about how great it is and stuff like that. But from what I can gather, mm. there's not an awful lot of play in it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a lot of story, and to be honest, actually, I kind of think I can't, I can't really be bothered with that. I'd like to play something, you know. That's why. That's why I quite like the Assassin's Creed games and stuff like that. Is because even though it may be quite repetitive, well, let me say I like the Assassin's Creed game up to Assassin's Creed Four. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I haven't played it. I have no interest in playing any of them. Um, quite liked it because it was, you know, you, it was running around on the rooftops and it was quite exciting at mm. points. And you know, the stories were relatively all right. And Assassin's Creed Three was wonky as hell, but you know. It's very difficult to pull yourself away. I mean, I remember writing reviews for, um, you know, for gaming sites and mm. things like that, and just thinking, you know, I've really, I do have to work hard here to try and review everything fairly. And the point is, when you first start reviewing for game sites and mm. things like that, if you get onto their roster, even if you're not being paid for it, they still have to send your review code. So you still get the games, and you don't, when you're new, get the good games. You get yeah. the games no one else wants to review that much. Yeah. So, you know, you find yourself with Truck Simulator or, <laughs> or Train Simulator or something like that, and you have to pull yourself away and go, right, I don't like this sort of stuff, I don't mm. like playing it, mm. but I'm going to I'm going to give there it my best. There are people out there who there are really, who are really yeah. excited about Truck Simulator so and Train Simulator. So I'll try and be objective about this and go, I've never mm. played it this sort of game before but mm. I found it easy I found it intuitive mm. it was quite fun I found myself falling into the role of a train driver and yeah. stuff like that you know it was it was really good I, I, I guess for people who are more au fait with how this sort of stuff works they're going to really enjoy this kind of stuff but I don't think it's for people that have just a passing interest in riding on the train yeah. you know, it's definitely for someone who wants to sit there and sort of feel like they're riding well, as they're driving a train yeah. you have to put yourself out 
It's funny about what you said about nostalgia, uh, about nostalgia and retro gaming. Um, actually, I think nostalgia and retro gaming, on the other side of that, is, is actually probably one of the most important things about retro gaming. The fact that a game has come back out again is because there's been enough nostalgia in the air for, their, for the publishers to go, we could probably make a few quid off People this. People are going to buy this, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like when Condemned Criminal Origins was released again. Um, the reviews that I read were um, all started with, the f- when I played this when it was first released, I thought it was terrifying. Yeah. But going back yeah. to it now, I realise now that it was actually relying on tropes that we see all the time. Yeah. Um, so it's a re-release, and by today's standards, it's not as scary as other games that mm. are out there. It's still got some moments that are pant-wetting, mm. but you know, it you know they have to sort of go. It's got the com the physical combat side of it, which is a bit difficult, and the firearms are a bit shonky and a bit difficult to use, but. You know, it still has its moments. Definitely worth a revisit. If you've never played it before, pick it up now for a couple of quid and have a great time with it. It's really good. You know, it's a, it's a bit of gaming history. It's like all these endless fucking remasters you see now, like Day of the Tentacle, mm. one of the, arguably the best point-and-click adventure games of its time, mm. has just been re-released and remastered. Yeah. When it was released, it was getting ninety plus. Yeah. Mm. But it was reviewed by PC Gamer at eighty-seven percent. I think they gave it in the end okay. because they just kind of went, "It's still good. It's still great. It looks better than it's ever looked before." But it's it's not a revolution. It's not, it's not a revolution. It's but you know it, it's deserving of a score very close to what it got because it's still fun and funny and the puzzles are very good and they never feel obtuse and all that sort of stuff. And I'm for one, I'm very excited because I played. Day of the Tentacle when it was out originally mm-hmm. I thought it was brilliant and I was in stitches you know laughing at some of the things that happened in that and I, there, there, I, I made sure to save the game just before some of my favourite funny bits happened on like subsequent playthroughs so I could always go back and play that little bit just like over and over um, <clears throat> so I think with you know kind of retro reviews and these remasters nostalgia is the important thing yeah, you know, there's a reason why these things are still popular. It's because people remember that they enjoyed playing them way back when. But they always have to judge them by today's standards, mm. even if they are being nostalgic about it. They have to look at it about its place in time, and and that's the tricky bit. That's the tricky bit that some people completely miss out. Of retro reviews is that some people gush endlessly about their favourite thing. Yeah, like and even that swear f- blind that it, it's Absolutely. Even that fresh game, where the, the boy and his blob, do you remember on the Game Boy, where you feed the boy uh, and the blob? Yeah, jelly yes. beans. I've got it on Wii. It's like a, there was a remake on Wii. Was there? Yeah. So I, I just couldn't get it. I, I played it many, many times on my friend's Game Boy. Just couldn't get it. I just didn't. I didn't get what I was meant mm. to be doing. I knew that if I fed the blob a jelly bean, it would change into something. Yeah. But I don't understand. I just never got how it works because the, how the fuck can you tell what a jelly bean is going to make the blob do? And then suddenly you're like, oh, that would be really useful now if I hadn't fucking had to give it that jelly bean to find out that's what turns it into a hammer. <laughs> you know, there's no fucking guide here. I don't have a clue what's going on. I'm literally just next to this blob who's now like kind of looking at me and hopping around and kind of, you know, sort of wanting me to do something and I need it to be a hammer, but I don't have any of these other jelly beans and I haven't found another bag of jelly beans, so what the fuck am I supposed to do? So a remaster of that for me would just, would all it would do was, is well up the anger inside me that I felt when I was playing it the first time no. around. All that would disappear within two seconds because, man alive, that game is so fucking sweet. 
Like, look at this. You're saying that you could be angry at that. <laughs> yes. Really? Yes, it's... because because that is a picture of a boy having fantastic fun with his blob. Yeah. <laughs> which is not a euphemism. Which... Um, throwing throwing jelly beans around in front of it. <laughs> Yeah, which is completely unlike the game itself, which actually is just oh, it's man. so opaque. There is a um, there's a button in Boys Blob on Wii uh, dedicated to hugging your blob. It does nothing. <laughs> there is no like gameplay element to it. You just get to hug your bo- uh, blob, and the, and yeah, the little see, boy goes over to his thing and he goes. And but see, like but see, this 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 looks different to what I played on the Game Boy. Right, of course it does. Yeah, this is like this was like a massive. It's a complete remake, um, but yeah, it came out late two thousand. And funnily enough, they're release re-releasing it on modern consoles, I guess, or maybe on Steam or something. But they announced because it was a Wii exclusive. Um, See, until... retro reviews or not, whether they're glowing or otherwise, I will not play this game again because it just annoyed me. It just annoyed me from start to finish. Yeah, to be fair, it does get on my tits actually sometimes because it can, <laughs> can be kind of obtuse. <laughs> but it, it is very, very sweet. It's the animation that, that makes it. It's like it's, it looks gorgeous. Oh, see, when when you said sweet, I thought you meant sweet as in, oh, dude, that's so sweet, man. No, so it's like, like not like really that's very sweet, like, like yeah, sweet nature. It's, it's about a little boy and his who finds an alien blob, and yeah, he feeds it jelly beans to make it transform into mm. different things. Like he can make it into a parachute, so he mm. can glide down. He can turn it into a trampoline, so he can bounce up. Yeah, he can push it into a ball to like kill these enemies. But the thing is animated like a Ghibli cartoon. Mm. It's just. My but God, you, just but you so don't good. know what jelly bean's going to make it do what until you do you in try. this one. You do in this one. See, but in the original you didn't. Yeah, it, I can it believe was, that. It was, it was, it, oh. well, there's only two buttons on the Game Boy, to be fair. It drove me up the wall. It really drove me up the wall. It, I, you know what, actually, I'm, I can feel the hot embers of fury <laughs> rising why you, inside me. You would be me. terrible at reviewing your boy in his blob. I, but, but to be bias. fair, maybe, maybe I'm the perfect person to do it. Maybe my all that anger building up inside my meaty chest is going to be, <laughs> going to be dissipated by by the new sort of sweeter boy in his blog, rather than you know. I think it was oh a fairly God, obscure game, so I don't think people were judging it on um, nostalgia factor. I so bet a lot of people awful. just played it for the first time. On, on it's just board. awful, man. It just it it makes me so it it makes me really angry. <laughs> Irrationally so. It's like it's like there's a person at work who uh, who doesn't work there anymore. Um, used to walk around carrying a bowl, um, but uh, this particular person had a very odd way of walking. Uh, no, no injuries, no nothing like that. Mm. Literally, would sort of shuffle past the desk holding a bowl of raspberries every morning, and I irrationally hated them. <laughs> Just every morning, would would shuffle past. And I just, I would always turn to, to my mate sitting next to me and just be like, oh, fuck you. Dust my head in with those raspberries. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. It's just completely irrational. Completely mm. irrational. Probably the same sort of irrational fury that I feel every time I think of his fucking blob. <laughs> Eating all the fucking jelly beans. And yeah, like I said, you know, oh, it would be really great if you could turn into a fucking trampoline now, but I, I've got to go find you a fucking trampoline jelly... Oh, no fucking trampoline jelly beans in this bag. Fucking tons of hammer ones, though. You know what I mean? It's just... Fucking hell. It drives me out the wall. Yeah. Just an unforgiving mess. Four out of five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ten out of ten. Is that everything? Are we covered, do you think? Anyone else want to add anything? 
No, I could do, but I'll leave it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That was a bit of a rant to finish the last one. That's okay. Right, so <laughs> I think we'll probably get back into reviews again at some point. I think there's a few subjects we could we could probably do a second pod on. Mm, I think definitely. Prometheus is another one. I think um, uh, the 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 sexiness in um, video games oh, is man. we've is, barely made it through that one. So like I think yeah. without getting into serious hot water. So yeah, yeah. I but I think we could probably do it again. I think. Anyway, um, so thanks for listening. This is the third part. We are all well. I am absolutely cream crackered. I don't know about anyone else. It's been a busy week. Yeah, yeah. Four day weeks, man. You have to cram four, five days of work into four days. Yes. <clears throat> Very true. Mm. Right. So, um, please, in in the vein of... Yeah. 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 Sure. In, in the vein of the pod, uh, feel free to review us. <laughs> yeah. uh, five star review would be very nice. And just leave a little... Little couple of little words. It's up to you. Be objective. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's up to you. But you know, five stars. Yeah, um, yeah. it will wank. <laughs> it will wank. <laughs> yeah. I also hate that fucking blob. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. please, blob haters. Blob haters. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, on iTunes, obviously, that would be nice. I think we're gonna push to get us on a few other things because not everyone's got an iPhone. So. Um, you can also listen to us on SoundCloud. I think it's just soundcloud.com forward slash T-M-T-O-O-H. So that's another way of listening to it if you haven't got an iPhone. Uh, you can hit us up. <laughs> what? Come on, man. This is the sign-off. <laughs> okay. There's another way of listening to us. <laughs> yes. Which is great. Um, so, yeah, SoundCloud. You can listen to us, uh, which is... Uh, oh, I've got chocolate all over my exercise book. Oh, no. You mucky pup. Yeah. <laughs> um, Soundcloud.com forward slash... T- I've already mentioned this. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash T-M-T-O-O-H. Um, and you can hit us up on Twitter, which is at 2-M-T-O-O-H. Um, and we bought the domain name. We ponied up and we've actually uh, spent some money on that. So uh, that's just T-M-T-O-O-H.com. Email us uh, at talk to us at tmtoh.com. <laughs> uh, You've got too many social media yeah. things. Um, and smoke signals. Um, just yeah, yeah. semaphore. Semaphore, yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, and I've also written uh, my name down on a toilet wall um, in <laughs> Bradford. That's the, the old joke I did yeah. on Gridiron Gentlemen. I'm recycling that one. Um, and to just just leave a note if you want us to read anything out on the pod, just leave it there. It's next to the hole in the wall. That's that's the giveaway. Uh, the lines are open, so please call us. Please, no, do call me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, it's been a good one this week. I think. Yeah, uh, I've had fun. Nice. I think we've all learnt a lot. Um, thank you. So I'm going to sign off and say goodbye. I'm Dan. <laughs> I'm I'm Tom. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, go on. Go.